Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast that's a platform for mothers who are artists and creatives to share the joys and issues they've encountered while continuing to make art. Regular themes we explore include the day-to-day juggle, how mothers' work is influenced by their children, mum guilt, how mums give themselves time to create within the role of mothering, and the value that mothers and others place on their artistic selves. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter, and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, together with music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our lively and supportive community on Instagram. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Boantic people as the traditional owners of the land which this podcast is recorded on. Welcome to the podcast. It is really great to have you here. My guest today is Melbourne songstress, songwriter and vocal coach Mez Coleman, who's also a mum of two children, aged 16 and 11. Mez grew up with music all around her. Her parents took a leap of faith and began a music therapy business. Her siblings played, as did her friends. It was so normal to see people make a living from music. Having been immersed in it from a young age, it was quite organic that Mez would spend her life making music. She began playing the piano from a young age, dabbled in the flute and guitar. Straight out of high school, Mez went to uni to study a jazz improv course. Her son was born in her final year of uni, so Mez has never experienced her music career without having children. Mez has released three studio albums, Parts of You, Parts of Me in 2010, Words in 2015 and A Christmas Album also in 2015. Mez is currently recording a chamber indie pop record. Adored by folk festival audiences around the country and celebrated as a musical treasure by the Bendigo Blues and Roots Festival, Mez has a unique ability to conjure words, transporting audiences with her powerful vocals and straight to the heart lyrics. Her career has seen her appear on national television on Carols by Candlelight and open for the likes of Kimbra, multi-award winning songwriter Sarah Stora and iconic Australian artist Shane Howard of Goanna fame. When she's not performing her own material, Mez's experience as a backing vocalist and session vocalist has given her the opportunity to work with many international and Australian artists such as Nana Muscuri, Brian McFadden, Marcia Hines, Delta Goodrum, Barry Humphreys, John Foreman and the Melbourne Gospel Choir. In 2021, Mez toured as backing vocalist and keyboard player for Uninvited, the songs of Alanis Morissette. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and thanks for your continued support. Today, Mez, it's a real pleasure to have you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to meet you. Yeah, it's nice to be able to chat to you because I've been following you for a while after I um, sort of connected with Georgia through the motherload, um, Georgia yeah. Fields, and then I yeah. saw that you were uh, a guest on there. So I was like, oh, because uh, I'm a musician, so I like to follow people that I 
can connect with in that way. So yeah, love oh, love watching you you playing your piano and singing your songs and yeah you. yeah well yeah, and it's amazing um what Georgia has set up with the mother load and it's like extra special for me because um I've actually known her for a really long time we're at the second high school together yeah um, right. and it's not like we've you know hung out throughout all the years but we've actually known each other for ages and to just see what she's building there that community for mother musicians yeah amazing yeah. it is it's so it's so valuable and it's one of those things that like there is no rule book of what to do it's like you learn from each other and you know <laughs> trip over yeah. on the way but then you sort of go oh that's I can learn from that or I can yeah take that on yeah. so yeah yeah. So you're you're a musician, singer, and a yeah. songwriter. Um, yeah. When did you first become interested in music? Well, um, I think in many ways I was quite lucky. I have a very musical family, so my parents. Um, it's so funny. This is a story that I've only really recently realised is quite amazing because when it's just your normal life, you don't really think about it. But when my mum was a stay-at-home mum for a long time, but you know loved singing, and my dad worked, I think a fairly uninspiring office job somewhere mm. and then when we were sort of when me and my brothers were sort of like early teen years um my father's whole office got retrenched and so he was looking for other work and I think it was you know a little bit disheartening and then just on this sort of like it sort of I think it hit him and my mum at the same time like we love playing music together we should do something with this oh. and they ended up like for 10, 15 years, they, I think they only stopped doing it maybe five or six years ago, so maybe even longer. Yeah. They literally built a business playing music together. So my dad would play guitar, my mum would sing, and I guess you would say they were like music therapists. They would go into a lot of aged care places, senior citizen places, maybe, yeah. I'm not sure, maybe hospitals as well. I might be wrong about that. Um, and they would sing for people and they would and people would join in and they would like do the songs that would you know maybe trigger a lot of memories for older people mm. and so I grew up just thinking it was totally normal to make a living playing music oh that is awesome yeah like <laughs> and when I say totally normal like it was tight sometimes you know like they'd have good weeks and then they'd have not such good weeks in terms of you know financial so uh, but yeah like I just sort of learnt from an early age that you can play music and make a living from it and also make such a big difference in the world with it. I think that's the other thing that they were doing was it was so much more than being like perfect or technically brilliant. It was about like sharing a real gift with people. Mm -hmm. um, and so I sort of grew up with that idea. And then on top of that, I was really lucky that both of my brothers are quite musical. So we would often just jam together and play together. And then when I went off to high school, a lot of my friends were musical and musicians. And I don't know, I I, I feel almost like spoiled now that I meet <laughs> other people who haven't had that experience and have really had to fight to kind of play music, even in terms of like sort of going against maybe what their families, you know, would like them to do and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Very lucky that music's just been around me and I've been immersed in it. And if anything, I probably just came to it because there wasn't much else I could do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like quite good at this and not quite, not very good at much else. So, yeah, oh. I guess that's sort of how I'm sort of, yeah, found music. It was very organic. Yeah, that is such an awesome story. I love yeah. that so much. Yeah, I, it was so normal for us that yeah. I, 
thought nothing of it. And in, if anything, I just shrugged my shoulder. Oh, yeah. They'd... And it's only been in the last year or two I'm gone. That's amazing. That's a really amazing mm. and inspiring thing to see your parents go off and do oh, pretty much every day. Yeah. And, it, that, and that thing too that, you know, in their, I'm not sure exactly how old they were, but just say midlife, um, yeah. they've gone, I'm going to totally change my career. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take this, maybe take a risk, you know, financially. It's oh, like, huge. let's yeah. do this and yeah. just do something that we love. And that is so inspiring, isn't it's it? It's so inspiring. Yeah, they would have been a fair bit older than I am now. And so to think that there's, I think sometimes um as an artist and maybe especially as a female artist I'm not sure about that maybe I should talk to my male friends and see if they feel the same way (laughs) but you can feel like time is running out and that Mm. clock is ticking and oh shit I'm you know I'm turning 40 soon and I haven't done the things I wanted to do or but I probably felt the same thing when I was like in my late 20s um about turning 30 and and actually yeah to sort of go oh I've got plenty of time I've got time to sort of like try other things and yeah and get this stuff done that I want to get done you know it's really helped me not feel like there's this mad rush yeah Yeah. it's really it's almost like an empowerment that you can take the pressure off yourself um and uh I can sort of relate this to the kids like my son's in high school and Mm. they start sort of on their paths of what they're going to do when they leave school Mm. and so I keep saying to him like I was, what was I, for, nearly 40 when I finally found the job that I loved. You know, you don't have to know straight away. Oh, they do. They put so much pressure on these like 16, 17-year-olds to make these, you know, really important decisions to pick mm. the perfect subject and your whole life will depend on it. And I just, yeah, yeah I say the same thing to my son. I'm like, whatever. You'll yeah. be fine. Just work, you know, just do whatever you like. You know, whatever you're doing at the time, try and do your best. But it's not this sort of... Um, yeah, it's not a life or death situation. At yes, all. Like, yeah, that's it, isn't so much it? Time to explore the world and yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? You actually have to get out in the world and see mm-hmm. how you feel in the world, and absolutely, maybe what other things you enjoy <laughs> before totally. you're like, totally. right, I'm going to leave school and go to uni, and then I'm going to job, and that's it. Your whole life's mapped out. It's just like oh. that's just so unreasonable. So unreasonable, and like oh. the stories, you know, just like friend after friend after friend who went and started a uni course and within a year had gone this is so not for me so like Mm. you know there's yeah there's just no rush it's a really nice yeah absolutely (laughs) oh gosh Being exposed to the the music with your parents, did you start playing um, particular instruments mm, at yeah. that point? What what were you playing? Yeah, so again, when I was quite young, um, there was this. I, feel, I just feel so lucky for these rich experiences that I totally took for granted as a child. But there was a woman in my neighbourhood who was she played piano, um, like. I think back in dance hall, dance halls back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so she just like, as a very local little business, just all the little kids in the area would go to her house and learn the piano and mm-hmm. you'd get your lolly and you'd, you'd learn your scales and you'd go through your books. But the mm-hmm. thing about her that really set her apart is like, she was, you know, I thought of her, I think she was, you know, quite, oh, she wasn't old. She's still with us. So she's not like, <laughs> but you know, she was quite a lot older than say like my parents at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was so different to so many 
like sort of music teachers in that it didn't take her long to work out that my heart wasn't in all the technical stuff um, and also that, you know, I like to sing. So from a really young age, she kind of worked that out and she's like, well, I'm going to teach you how to like play chords and, and, and accompany yourself and I'm going to teach you how to improvise. Oh. Um, and I'm and I, like, you know, we're not just going to play fur release and the entertainer. And I did do a bit oh. of that as well. Yeah. So I had this wonderful piano teacher who like really picked up early that I wanted to learn that kind of stuff, maybe even before I knew that that's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she did so see I, that in you. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I've played the piano forever and and um and have learnt piano in a way where I've been able to accompany myself to sing since I was practically a kid um and so that's always been apart from my voice I'm a singer first but piano would be my secondary instrument and that's generally the instrument that I write with when I'm writing music Mm -hmm. um and then you know just um in those sort of primary school and high school years I dabbled in the flute (laughs) (laughs) um and I wasn't bad at it, but my heart wasn't in it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. That I'm is so. I get better at the guitar, but I'm yeah. still crap at it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's always time. <laughs> I, I love that um, that story about your music teacher. That that is such a gift for her to give you because so many music teachers, it's like theory. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I, my experience was with teachers that basically you had to learn your scales you had to know what all the notes were called and how long you held them for and I just wanted to play stuff by ear and it was like really like my my teacher wasn't as amazing as yours but I think (laughs) back now like I would have loved to have just learned how to accompany myself that would have been amazing well she was yeah she was quite an amazing woman and actually a few years ago I felt really compelled to reach out and thank her and I wrote her this letter just like oh my god you were amazing thank you and I got this beautiful letter back and I think she'd be in her like late 80s by now um the funny thing is though when she was teaching me what I think she must have been quite brilliant because Mm. while she kind of adapted the lessons to suit me and my needs she somehow was sneaking that theory in. So I, actually, <laughs> I actually have got a fairly good, you know, theoretical foundation, but yeah. she really kind of managed to do it in a way where it was um, helpful or making sense to the kind yeah, of... Yeah, and, yeah, relative to, to what you wanted to do with your music, like... Yeah, you know, totally. Yeah. So she's, yeah, she, whatever, oh. she, she was working her magic, that's for sure. What a gem of a woman, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's, honestly... <laughs> We should all have a lady like that in our lives. It would just be amazing. She's amazing. Marge Williams is her name. Marge. Good, good on you, Marge. Give you a yeah. shout out. <laughs> totally. I'm oh. not sure if you're listening to podcasts, but you yeah. never know. Oh, I yeah. wish I had met Marge when I, was, mm. when I was a little girl. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. At the moment with your music, is your music your life? That's what you do? You, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so in, in a roundabout way, I've managed to get to a point in my life where I can sort of comfortably say that I make my living as a musician. Yep. 
Um, but like realistically, a, that a, quite a fair percentage of that living is coming from being like like working in the teaching field as well as performing and recording and all of those things. Yeah, I'm really fortunate to have quite a good. Um, teaching job at a university here in Melbourne where I teach mostly singing like one-on-one singing lessons to the students Mm -hmm. that come through but I also help you know work with um, bands and you know mentor some of that you know mentor the students through some of those processes and classes Um, and then on top of that um, yeah my so artistically the thing that I'm most passionate about and I'm always working towards sometimes slowly but is my own music that I write um, and that I really, yeah, I pour a lot of myself into. And then I guess the other thing, and obviously work has been quite quiet in the last couple of years due to COVID, but as a singer, like as a vocalist, um, I can, yeah, I often work in that field, I guess for other people. So doing session work in studios for like people that need a, a you know, a, a vocal line on this particular track or a harmony or a demo Mm -hmm. and and working as a backing vocalist for other artists as well so through all so like most I think not just me I think like most artists you generally you don't have like that sort of nine to five steady job you just Mm -hmm. you have your fingers in all of the pies and um you kind of slowly build whatever it is that you're building um that way which uh in some ways is kind of stressful because you can't remember what what do I do on Wednesday (laughs) um and you know there can be dips financially of course um especially when we're in COVID but even Mm. before that to be honest um but I also know I wasn't built for a a nine-to-five job so in many ways it it's thrilling to be doing a few different things and um I get quite excited when I'm like looking in my diary and I'm like oh I've been booked for that session next week cool like different people different Mm -hmm. kind of environment so yeah yeah but like to be honest without the teaching work it'd be impossible yeah yeah but yeah that you but you're still so involved in music like it's not like it does probably doesn't feel like a real I don't want to say a real job because it is a real job but you know you're really enjoying what you're doing absolutely I I uh, there are things about teaching that can be quite draining and um you know because I've put a lot of myself into it Mm. um but there are also like yeah I'm still like I'm I'm surrounded by music every day many of my students inspire me um I work I have amazing peers so like other teachers that I work with they're all musicians so I'm sort of like spending time in that world still yeah I'm at work yeah so I'm pretty lucky Sounds awesome. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I just don't like it. Oh, it's on a bad day and I might. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I've got an old fashioned name, but I keep it to myself. Days I struggle to decide if I'm a woman or someone else. I'm crooked on my crooked smile. I'm more careless than carefree. Oh, I was counting on a breath. 
referring to um, your children yeah. and how they right. sort of came into what were you doing at the time when you had your children right. that kind of stuff? Oh goodness. Okay, so I have um my son is almost sixteen. Yeah. And my daughter is eleven. Um and my son in particular came along at a very interesting time. Um I was studying music at university, so I went straight out of high school into a music course that I studied. Um, it was like a jazz kind of improv course, which was interesting. And in that final semester um, of the entire course, I discovered I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, and that was quite um, intense because uh, I was trying to like sort of start this <laughs> music career whatever that is mm. and at the same time I suddenly had this like human being that was like gonna need my care so I had him when I was 21 mm -hmm. so nearly my so my entire music career really has coincided with raising a child mm. um which has been which has had some real positives and has also obviously presented quite a few challenges Mm. Um, yeah, he's sort of been with me every step of the way. Um, and yeah, it's been, yeah, overall, it's been a really great thing. And, um, yeah, I guess the main, the main thing that I now know looking back, not that I would change a thing, but I never really got those years prior to kids to build something up first mm. yeah for sure um, yeah you know like my 20 you know for instance I didn't spend my 20s being able to just say yes to every opportunity or like just be like yes yeah, sweet I'll go on that tour see you, everyone mm. I had to be from sort of day one I never stopped like I always like you know I released an EP not long after he was born which yeah back and I'm like oh my god how did I do that <laughs> However, I I probably never um, had quite the capacity to take things as far as uh, I would have liked because, like, yeah. the child comes first. Like, that's the reality. And so, like, my music always played, like, a really close second um, to my number one priority, which was, you know, raising this beautiful boy. So, um, yeah, that's that's just how it that's just how it has been for me like music and parenting have always had to coexist mm. um, I don't remember ever yeah I, obviously like I've got an amazing partner we've been together for a long time um and so yeah. it's, I've never had to do it alone which is great but like just little things like I don't know what it's like to book a gig without also going oh who's gonna watch the kids or mm, I, yeah I don't, I've actually never had that experience it's always been um those two things happening at the same time so yeah, yeah. it's a unique yeah. perspective isn't it it's a little different yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and I can definitely see how it would have its positives it does yeah there have definitely been positives so the, the positive that I'm feeling now and the, the so like you know the positive place that I find myself in now is I'm currently at a place with an 11 year old and an almost 16 year old who are pretty independent <laughs> and I now have this time and space and energy to be really going for it yeah. and so where a lot of my friends who like have done a lot of they're now maybe like they've got toddlers or they've just had a baby and and so yeah. while while a lot of my peers are probably like slowing down a little bit which is so fine they should they've got kids that need their care 
I'm at a place now where I'm really like uh, much more sort of time rich and yeah. able to kind of really go for it. And the fact is, I think my music is better now than it was when I was 21, 22, 23. So I could have, you know, the energy and the time that I could have poured into my art back then, I'm sure it would have been great. But actually, I think the work I'm making is better now with maturity. And now I have this energy also to kind mm. of, um, yeah, kind of play with, I guess. Yeah. I think the other thing um, that sort of having children along pretty much from the beginning is you you tend to um, – I don't want to say you use your time well because people who know me would know that I'm not great at that, but I guess – like as in I'm, I'm a terrible planner and I can, you know, procrastinate like anybody's business. <laughs> but I guess the thing that I do know when, you know, if you've got a babysitter and you need to be, you know, so you've asked, hey, I've got a rehearsal and um, I've asked someone to watch the kids till, you know, this time. You don't just wander into that rehearsal and blah, blah, blah and wait. Like so you, yeah. you sort of have shorter pockets of time and so you bloody well use them properly mm. um, and so what I found is like yeah like so yeah you it's almost like you get these pockets of time you don't have just like this rich expanse expansive time just before you when you can do whatever you want and slowly you know kind of work on songwriting or rehearsal mm -hmm. or recording session like sometimes your time is limited mm. generally always to be honest yeah and as a result you get quite good at working pretty fast if I'm honest uh, like yeah. yeah I'm pretty good at getting in and out of the studio like um, yeah. with my session work and I reckon part of that has just been from experience where I'm like well I've got to leave at midday so I think I've got that skill where I can be a little bit like when I really have to focus on time creatively I can kind of just get it done same with songwriting like I really I mean, I don't, I'm not a prolific songwriter. Like I don't write heaps, mm -hmm. but I do feel like when I'm like, okay, I've got this time and I've got this energy and like say when the kids were younger, you know, the kids are occupied or away or whatever and I've got these few hours, I would generally walk out of there with a song or two because it was yeah. like, I have to. <laughs> yes, yeah. But that kind of really, yeah, no, so that kind of uh, time pressure can work um, to your advantage. Um, also there is the flip side to that where the time pressure can be a massive disadvantage in terms of just not having the space and the time that you would want to give to your art. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So there's like the payoff of that as well, but I think it's yeah. made really fast work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, give, it's instilled those um, skills in you and then you can, you can take that through the rest of your life really. Yeah. yeah. you had your son like you've never known your career without your son 
What was that like then for you being in that world with other musicians, other women who weren't mums yet? Mm. Um, Was that, how did that feel for you being in that environment? Yeah. So there were, again, musicians, like especially female musicians are just beautiful people. And so while I was for a long time, the only one in my peer group with a child, you know, I used to, like, I'm thinking back to years ago, like a long time ago when he was quite little and I was actually in this singing group with three other singers. Um, and one of them who's gone on to just be absolutely amazing, I'm sure you've heard of her, Ainsley Wills. She's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's the best. Um, anyway, and I remember I would just take um, the baby to um, – rehearsals and they were so lovely they would like hold him they, because they yeah. thought he was so cute so <laughs> I would get a lot of like that kind of oh we'll hold him and we'll look after him and you sing that and so <laughs> I, I remember back in the day actually having a lot of um support in the moment like the the other musicians were absolutely amazing I had an uh, I had a band at the time and we would rehearse weekly and sometimes I'd just have to bring um you know my top baby or toddler with me and yeah. you know and actually everyone else in that band were dudes um yeah some of them were my brothers so they were like uncles to the to the baby but you know yeah. the guitarist wasn't and I don't know he could have just been like this is crap I'm you know, I didn't sign up to kind of <laughs> come to this studio and have this kid climbing all over my, but he was so generous and so mm. kind about it. And um, so musicians in general were pretty lovely yep. and pretty welcoming. I think where it became a challenge was more that just the industry wasn't set up for it. So while individuals within the industry were like so beautiful, so kind, Mm-hmm. really found yeah the whole situation I'm sure they were all a bit like oh my god but you know they were like so, <laughs> <laughs> this is like our friend's got a baby it's so weird but um uh, yeah everyone was lovely but it was more when it came to things like gigs and mm-hmm. nights and just being like we oh, can't bring him here you know it's, yeah. it's dirty there's nowhere to breastfeed or change a nappy um you know, I really found that within Melbourne, like where I live, I was very active in the music scene and, yeah. you know, still am. But if I've never really felt I had the capacity. I know some parents do and I'm just like, wow, they're amazing. But I never really felt like I had the capacity to tour. Mm-hmm. So I've never really, even even now, like have never really toured much um, or like sort of been able to spread further than that because I just didn't feel like there was much space or capacity there to like take him with me or you know the alternative I guess would be um to leave him for long stretches of time which again like I throw no shade on parents who can do that like it's just each to their own yeah but just with I guess my parenting style and his personality and needs that actually didn't feel like an option either um, yeah. where I could sort of almost be like, all right, you're staying at Nana's for two weeks. I'm off. And that was just, yeah. <laughs> that was just not a way that we could do things, um, yeah. for him. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but like mm, no, the, yeah, other, yeah. the other women, um, like my peers, my friends, they were so lovely. It was actually yeah. divine. Like the way they kind of embraced this little baby and toddler who was sometimes at rehearsals and sometimes at gigs and, 
you know, yeah. even though none of them had kids, so they were probably all a bit like, I don't know what to do, but they would hold him or, yeah, you know, <laughs> it was nice. But it yeah. was more, yeah, the industry as a general kind of beast, I guess. Yeah. I, 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 my, my, my place there felt a little, oh, I don't know where I fit quite anymore. Yeah. Do you, I'm going off track slightly, but do you think that is because it's mainly a male-dominated industry or has been in the past? Yeah, I think so, totally. And I think it's changing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's really exciting. I, uh, yeah, like men, you know, historically can have kids and still go off and do their own thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, th- I think that's definitely, you know, how the world works too. This is not just the music scene. Mm-hmm. It's just the patriarchy in action. Yep. <laughs> Um, but I do feel like it's changing. I just think the changes are slow. Um, and I, I think it's different now. I I see friends who sort of musician friends with babies now. And I think that the capacity that they have and the understanding that they have from other people, I think is, um, better than probably I had at the time. Also, I've got to remember, I was very young. I wasn't hugely educated. And so I probably didn't have the capacity personally to like advocate for things that maybe I would now as a 37 year old woman, like, Hey, Mm. this rehearsal space, I'm going to have to bring my child where, you know, like I'm going to have to feed him. What are you going to do to help me? Like I'm not a assertive person to begin with. And especially when I was 21 and probably much more overwhelmed than I allowed myself to kind of think I was. I wasn't going to ask that. I was just going to like yeah. <laughs> not go or, yeah. or or see that as an opportunity that I couldn't have or, um, I don't know, feed him in the car or, you know. Mm, so yeah. I, I think sometimes, you know, having a little bit more, you know, a few more years behind you and just a bit more confidence, I probably yeah. could have advocated for myself a little bit more and been a bit more assertive. But I think the industry is changing. Like there are so many more women speaking up in the industry mm-hmm. um, about, and not just about motherhood, but just about sexism in general. Yeah. Um, and just small things like, you know, there are more, I'm seeing more females working in manager, you know, like artist manager roles who are female. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to have, a, I'm sure, just more empathy for, say, their female clients yeah. around some of this stuff. Um, I'm yep. seeing more female sound engineers and um, producers, and I think that is really, really important. Publicists. Mm. Yep. Um, it did just seem to be a whole bunch of dudes back in the day <laughs> doing that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe it's changing, but I just think like anything in life, changes are slow. So Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when you're trying to change something that's been endemic since the beginning of time, essentially. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like we're looking at like this tiny little kind of music industry, I don't know, from my perspective, in Melbourne even. Like that is yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, it. we're talking about an issue that is like just the way humanity has been built for a very long time. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, but I think more, more and more women, um, a lot of performers who have children, I guess maybe being like, if, uh, maybe social media. Uh, I often think social media can be a bit. Uh, yeah. Um, but I think sometimes social media might be great in that way that they might post like they're on tour, but you can see the kid in the back seat of the car, or you yeah. know, um, I don't know. So maybe maybe like you know, female artists sharing their experiences of like 
motherhood and the road or motherhood and recording or just motherhood and any sort of arts practice mm. just makes it again it just normalizes it that's um, it isn't yeah. it and it makes it sound achievable for yourself because totally. like you said as a 21 year old though that that wasn't in you at that stage um but maybe if social media had been around or if you know if you had seen someone do it you would have yeah. gone hang on a sec that totally. that is acceptable I'm going to have a crack at this sort of sort of mentality yeah yeah yeah, just seeing some oh okay there are a few other artists you know doing this as well because yeah I definitely felt um while everyone was so kind you know my other musician friends yeah um I think I think you know when you're in something it's very hard to really know how you feel because I don't know when you've just had a baby sometimes you're in survival mode to a certain Mm. extent you're just like head down doing what you got to do yeah. and so I think now that sort of time has passed I can be a bit more reflective and I think I was I think there was still a sense even though no one overtly excluded me ever um I do think I felt very alone because mm. I, I yeah. didn't have other peers really having that same experience and then the few people I would look up to I'm like oh wow that person's a, a mother and a singer-songwriter too they yeah. would have maybe – I still felt alone in that a little because maybe they'd had their kids a bit later and so they still had maybe a bit more of an established career mm, first. Yeah, so I could yeah. look up to them, okay, I'll just do what they do. And then I just almost find that really disheartening, almost more so because I'm like, oh, they're like doing it all like and they've mm. got kids and I'm not doing it all. Um, yeah, mm. so, yeah, it was a bit lonely at times. to ask you about when you said before that you you did your EP when your son was young Mm. and you said I don't know how I did it yeah how how did you actually do it was he (laughs) that's a great was was he coming with you a lot yeah like how did you physically manage it (laughs) the first thing to know about my son and my daughter um and it is what it is like and again, like when it comes to parenting and how we do it, I just have no, I just, people do what they've got to do. Like, I just do not care how other people like feed their kids, sleep their kids. Like you do what you got to do. For me personally, neither of my kids. So it wasn't because like of my own <laughs> belief system around feeding, but neither of my kids would take a bottle. So the yeah. only way they were fed was via me for <laughs> you know, 18 months, both of them, uh, my daughter a bit longer. So they were breastfed, which just meant they couldn't not be with me for long. So the hours, um, so how did I do that EP? I think I had started recording it before he was born. Mm -hmm. 
which helped. So I think a lot of the work had been done. And then um, I think I um, did little short recording sessions in around feeds um, mm -hmm. to finish off some of the vocal stuff. And then when it came time, I guess, to like launching it, um, you know, like playing it, playing like some shows and trying to build up a bit of publicity around it, which again, like things have changed a bit. I probably would now, looking back, hire a publicist, which I didn't at the time. So it was just a lot of emails <laughs> to Beat Magazine and yeah. <laughs> whatever else it was. I just sort of, it was just in snatched moments. I, 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 yeah, and I don't know if that's the most sustainable way to do it, but I don't know any other way I could have done it. Mm. Um, late nights when the babies are finally asleep, that was often <laughs> when I would sit on the computer and email out my, you know, all the admin type parts of music. Yeah. Rehearsals were, yeah, like um, he'd be there and just thankfully my musician friends were cool with that. Mm. Um, yeah, the actual launch, I remember, I remember the gig, it was a great gig, it was really, you know, everyone came, it was, I was so blessed, you know, like, it was a really beautiful moment, and yeah, we brought him, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it was sort of this bar, I don't, I'm sort of looking back now going, was he even allowed in there, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> you know, like a band room and a bar, and it was really crowded, and, you know, it was, it was a great show and yeah just with this I think by then he might have been walking you know like a sort of mm -hmm. toddler age just sort of this little toddler near the front <laughs> of the stage and it was stressful because like I think what we sort of had arranged was like he'll come but people there are sort of watching him like my mom or whatever yeah. um but no one quite watches your child the way you would so I remember just being on stage and just being like someone grab him please you know like he was just yeah. like too close to the, but like not so, like just all in, like I'm literally performing yeah. song, yeah. <laughs> internally almost just yelling at people like move him grab him he's too close to the or, or whatever it was yeah yeah so, like, looking back that's not a way to perform hey but um, um yeah so in hindsight I probably would have just booked a babysitter and not had him there yeah. but at the you know in the moment it felt like the right thing to do to have him there with us yeah yeah um, yeah so yeah I think snatches of time is probably the best way to describe especially mm -hmm. those early days when you know you're fairly sleep deprived or you know they're very kids are very yeah like parenting is like a lifelong journey like you're never not a parent you're always on mm. but those early years the like the time that is required of you is very demanding. Yeah, that's it. I think that changes yeah. when they get older, which is really great. And I'm sort of, I think, you know, enjoying the benefits of that now. But also mm. they, they become more complex human beings. So I find it emotionally more challenging now. Yeah. But yeah. I am getting sleep. <laughs> so there's yeah. that payoff. <laughs> and, and they go somewhere during the day. And <laughs> yeah. And like, my son gets himself to school gets himself home yep. if he wants to go out on the weekend like we're at that stage where I'm just like oh my goodness like so independent yeah it's brilliant I love it and I'm so happy for him because he's obviously enjoying that independence mm. and yeah when you think back to just like oh you you couldn't leave me for more than two hours because you, you know yeah. it is so nice yeah. to be in that space but yeah then you I don't know because you you said you've got a 14 year old mm. I find that I worry more now or I'm more emotionally like um, oh yeah 
there's it's a whole different ball game isn't it like it's yeah yeah like yeah the emotionally draining is a good way of describing it because you yeah you're, you're trying to solve problems for them or help them through yep. things and yep. issues yep. with mental Friends health and friends yes Oh, this yeah. It's like you become a psychologist. Really, <laughs> and and so, yeah. My sister-in-law um, Nicole said recently because her kids are sort of my age, but we have nephews and nieces who are that younger age, that sort of baby toddler. Yeah. And yeah, I think like she just sort of commented like in a family thread recently, like, "Oh, those beautiful days. I miss them." Like, yeah, they were demanding, but they weren't complex at all. Yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I so feel every word of that. Yeah. So it's a different type of energy that you're pouring into your children, but you never stop. Yeah. And I'm sure when they're 20, 30, 40, like you'll always. Oh, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It'll be, it'll be yeah. something. It'll be different again. It'll be yeah. some and then other be, thing. It seems insane to say this, but then maybe there'll be grandkids and you'll be like, yeah. <laughs> what's my role here? But I'm going to just yeah. choose to believe that I'm still way too young to even consider that. So. Yes. I don't have to worry about that yet. I'll well, come back to you in like 30 years' time when you're doing the grandmother artist podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be a thing. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I won't have to worry about one of my kids because my eldest has told me that he's never having children because okay. it's just too hard. He's seen what we get, we're going through. You know, yes. He's living with a six-year-old, so he's like, I'm not having kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're modelling like how hard it is. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So one of the questions I asked my mums is about before you had kids, what was your influences for your art? And then after you have kids. So asking you, this is going to be a little bit different. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I'm sure you're going to have some, you know, totally, obviously yeah. you're into music when you were a child, but oh, yeah. in terms of what's influenced you, um, have you noticed that that has changed or how you look at your music or I don't know, what, what sort of changes yeah. has your own creativity gone through as you became a mum? Yeah, I think I think the thing, um, hmm, that's a great question. Like musically my influences were pretty broad growing up and I don't think that's changed. You know, like one day all I want to do is listen to ABBA and then the next thing I just want to listen to like, you know, I, listen, <laughs> I actually listen to a lot of classical and choral music and I don't make that music but it's often what inspires me. The harmony in that is so rich. I love harmony. Mm. Yep. Actually that's like probably a big part of um, – what I'm drawn to as a musician is harmony and melody. Mm. And so I listen to a lot of music that feels quite dense and rich in that way. Mm. Um, as I said before, like before my son came along, I was training more in that sort of jazz world. And so was playing quite a lot of jazz music and a lot of those sort of early jazz singers um, really inspired me in terms of their vocal sound. So like I absolutely, I do absolutely love Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah mm -hmm. Vaughan and Billie Holiday. Um, 
huge Beatles fan, of course. Yes. <laughs> my parents pretty much raised me on on the Beatles and again their harmony, always three part mm. harmony. Yeah. So rich. Um in terms of the yeah, what inspires me now, I think the one thing I feel like my twenties were a little different, right? So a lot of music that's often about like heartbreak and um breaking up and will we or won't we like just for whatever reason like I kind of I've I found my partner quite young and we had quite a different experience like in our 20s and so I guess sometimes that music even though I can really love it it's not necessarily themes that I'm super drawn to mm-hmm. um I guess I'm drawn to themes like yeah so I really loved uh, Claire Bowditch I've never known whether it's Bowditch or Bowditch by the way but you know who I mean. <laughs> yes, I do know her, who I mean. <laughs> her album that came out, actually when my son was quite little, um, that was um, the whole theme was grief. Yep. I That had a huge impact on me because I was like, oh, you can write a whole album on grief. Like you don't have to write a whole album on like you broke up with me and I'm going to break up with you and now we're back mm. together. And Because I guess a lot of like songs in the – popular culture is still like some version of a love song Mm. yet she wrote this incredible indie pop album on grief so do you remember what the name of that album was I do now it was what was left so it was and that's funny that I just said it yeah so she made the album in 2005 and my son was born 2006 so I really remember listening to that I don't even remember that I was stuck in a lot of grief at the time but it was more like they were grown-up themes you know they were real life themes and they were themes that I kind of that really resonated with me. So that mm-hmm. that album actually had a huge impact because it showed me that there were other things I could write about, and I could write about things that were really real to me. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the songs that is on my new album that is still, you know, in we're in the process of making and releasing is actually just all about boundaries. And I would not have written a song about boundaries when I was 18 because it's not very sexy at all. (laughs) (laughs) But it's actually, I really like it, you know, like that stuff's important to me. Mm. Um, Yeah, so so that album had huge impacts and a huge impact on me um, from more of a lyrical perspective. Mm. Um, Yeah, and then like musically my tastes have just never really changed because they were always broad to begin with Mm. and they remain really broad so I listen to a lot of music that I know I'll never make like I listen to a lot of neo soul I'm not yeah probably not gonna make neo I mean I love it um you know Jill Scott is one of my favorite singers and I Mm -hmm. also just know straight up that I will never sound anything like Jill Scott or make music like hers but I still love absolutely love her so Mm. yeah I don't um yeah, I don't necessarily always listen to a lot of music that's similar to the music I make, but I don't know. I think that can really make help you be really well-rounded too when you're really open mm. to all sorts of styles. And Yeah. Um, don't get, oh, I'm so sorry. That's my dog. Oh, hey, puppy. Sorry. Hey, that's all right. Hey. That's all right. I had my cat in here before and she's got oh, a, okay. a little bell on her collar and I was like, don't scratch your bell. Oh. <laughs> He's actually not much of a barker normally. I think maybe another dog walked by. Oh, what sort of dog is he? He's a staffy cross. We don't know what we. Oh. He was a rescue dog that we yeah. got last year, and he's 
won my heart big time. Oh, little darling. Yeah. It's funny. Yesterday I interviewed a lady and she has a staffy as well. Oh, really? Yeah. And my son's been on this bandwagon that he wants to get a staffy. And I was like, maybe the universe is telling me something. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Well, Banjo is a real sweetheart. Yeah. Like he was pretty full on when we got him because he was a rescue and hadn't. Yeah. He, we pretty much were starting from scratch with him. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's just, yeah. Cuddly and oh, that's cute. Lovely. <laughs> but anyway, I think he stopped hiking now. Sorry. Good, good job, Banjo. <laughs> Listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. Yeah, when you, you're saying before about influences, but they're not necessarily what you mm. put in your music. Um, yeah. I, I appreciate the Beatles so much because mm. of what they've allowed me to understand about how you can present your music. Like, yeah. you can do whatever the hell you want. Like, oh honestly, yeah. it's just, I, I remember you play the sitar? Play the sitar. Yeah. And like, if you want to, <laughs> like, play record your guitar solo and then play it backwards you can do that and then you can but the thing that got me was like um changes of tempo within songs and different elements that go together to make the same song but it's like you're just grabbing stuff from everywhere um and I was just like I don't have I had a poster on my wall I've got my ABBA poster up there and I did have a Beatles one but it fell down um oh me too my god and harmonies like yeah. harmonies are just a massive thing that I, I love so much. Um, yeah, it's just like you can just be shown what's like same thing with your example with Claire. It's like you can write an album on whatever you like. Like yeah. I, I call it the Taylor Swift music, like the <laughs> we broke up and we're getting back together and then you didn't call me, right? you know, all this, yeah. which I see is really frivolous now because I'm, you know, happily married and have lots of, you know, security yeah. about my life. But I could, you know. I can understand where that fits in in the world. But of course, yeah. It's, um, yeah, there's just so much depth to stuff. And um, a yeah. singer-songwriter that I really admire, um, Jen Lush, I'm not sure if you've heard of Jen. She's a South Australian artist. And her look her up. I think you'd really like her music. She's okay. And she's been a guest on my podcast, and I kind of see her as a bit of a mentor. Um, I don't know if, if she knows that. Hi, Jen. <laughs> yeah, all my mentors have no idea that they're my Yes, yes. <laughs> But she inspired me to be able to write songs about really difficult subjects but make them really listenable. So the musical, in her words, the musical treatment that she gives that song allows it to be, like, received by people sort of thing. Yes, yes. And, yeah. talking about a topic that's very jarring. Yeah. Maybe maybe the music can be jarring too, but maybe you're going to let more people in if the music allows that. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, Yeah. she really inspired me um, with a song that she wrote about um, postnatal depression called Ooh. called wolf and it was when yeah. I heard I saw it she sang it live um she came down here as part of a sort of a it was called Palomino Nights at the wool shed it was in this old wool shed down in Glencoe and yeah. she performed in this space and when I heard that song I just went oh my god like it was like someone had slapped me in the face and gone yeah you can do stuff about anything yeah. um yeah so she's really inspired me 
Um, Jen Lush. Okay. Yes, look her up. Jen's amazing. Yeah, I love Jen so much. And she's listened to her episode because she's got such an amazing way of speaking, the way she articulates things. Mm. She's just such a wordsmith. Like, oh, just love Jen. I will definitely listen. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah, just knowing that you can write about anything, I think, was Mm. really, yeah, that's definitely what that Claire album did for me. And then you've got that album she brought out years later, which was The Winter I Chose Happiness, where the theme was almost about this kind of like, so she'd done this album about grief and then years later she did this album, but it wasn't that frivolous happiness. It was that like real choice. Like it was like Mm. a choice to kind of, and and so again, that another album she made years later also had huge impacts on me. Like, oh, you can write about happiness without it being cheesy. Yeah. Um, Yep. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, just yeah. How good is music? Oh, <laughs> We're <no>. so lucky. <laughs> There's just oh. so much. Yeah, you know, we'll never hear it all. You know. We'll yeah. Absorb That's it, isn't it? it all. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. people are always, and actually, because I work with students, they're often they're like, "Oh, have you heard blah blah blah?" And it'll be someone a bit younger, so it's someone I haven't heard of, and you know, yeah. my mind is just continually blown. Yeah. That's the thing. I I, went, I go through phases like where I deliberately don't listen to current music because I want oh, yeah. to stay in the past in some way. You know, yeah, I just, yeah, I know, yeah. And I don't want to admit that I don't know what's happening right now in music. Like I just, I like no, to know, no. I like to be able to sing along and, no, you know, no. I know what's coming up. But then sometimes I think, oh, I'm missing out on so much if I don't, you know, because there's so much amazing yeah. stuff being done. Some of it's a lot of crap, but. There yeah. is a lot of crap. There is a lot of um, crap. And I think, therefore, we sort of go, oh, it's all crap. Yeah. But, um, you can kind of, like, wade through the crap. There is also just some amazing, yeah, there's some amazing music being made at the moment. Um, mm. But it's it's also not the music that's necessarily in the top 20. So Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Search yeah. a little more. Or, yeah. yeah. But. And, and I think over the years I've become a lot obviously as you get older you understand things you understand how things work and the, the whole the whole thing about the and I say pop you know in inverted commas because it's not necessarily I don't know any music can be popular but I'm talking about a, in a commercial sense yeah it is it really is just a big business you know it's just oh, about know. producers people finding people people making money of those people and and the person themselves becomes the product and yeah. that always freaks me out a bit, you know, like, mm. yeah. 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 So I've come, I've yeah. come quite jaded of, of that <laughs> and, and not wanting to care. Like I, I know like commercial radio is literally commercial radio. Like it's just yeah. people, they pay the money to have the songs on. Um, yeah. And so I've had a, a bit of a wake up call, like for many years, it's like, I just want to be, I want to be on the radio. I want my songs on the radio. And then when I understood it all, it was like, no, actually I want my songs on community radio because that's where the relationships are. And that's where you people care about the songs they're playing. They have a choice about the songs they're playing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that was yeah. Of no, that's it. Yeah. You're so right. Like, I mean, yeah. Also, I think just the way music and how people listen to music is changing. So I'm not even sure anymore that being or getting on the radio is necessarily the goal that it once yeah, was. Yeah. I think there's still space for it. And I especially think there's space for community radio. Like here in Melbourne, we've got like PBS and Triple R. They're, mm. they're huge stations and they're amazing. And, yeah. um, you know, to be on one of those stations, I think is fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. You know, there are so many ways people can access music now that, mm. you know, 
yeah, I don't know. It's probably one of many ways you can reach an audience, but maybe not sort of the only way, you know, yeah. it used to feel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Quite sort of, unless you were on the radio, it was like no one ever heard you. Yeah. And they, now you can pay people to put your music on things and everyone can <laughs> I know. Yeah, <laughs> everybody I'm part of the machine. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, yeah, totally. But, that, I mean, that's the world, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, dear. It's very expensive to be an independent musician, you know. Yeah, I that's think. the thing, isn't it? No one taps you on the shoulder and goes, hi, here's a heap of money to record your album and I'll, no. I'll do this and, and that you, for you. When you throw parenting into the mix, I think it's a – and I think that's part of – the challenge is um, I really believe in my music. I really do. I, I really mm. think it's pretty good, you know, like I'm yeah. not saying I'm the best out there or anything like that, but I, I know I can sing. I know I can write. I know I'm making a pretty good record. Yep. But where my confidence starts to fall down big time is actually when I start realising like the costs in like releasing it and releasing it well, mm. you know, whether it's paying a publicist or making a video or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. and then when you have children in the mix, it can be really hard to justify those costs when, you know, you've got to buy school uniforms. Yeah, and that's it, isn't it? Pay for yeah. dance classes and soccer, you know, like. Um, it can seem really yeah. self-indulgent that you're. You feel really self-indulgent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, it's, so that's probably where I'm finding myself at the moment, a bit like the confidence in the music is there again, which is so nice, you know, because yeah. obviously we have times where it's not. Yeah, but it's yeah. that kind of oh, this is this is such an endeavor to embark on, and mm. and how can I justify it? <laughs> you know? Yeah, oh, I can totally appreciate that. Like my husband said to me when I I print because I like to print CDs and albums because yeah. I think people people still like to put have things in their hands. You festivals. know, I found when I when I, I used to play a lot of folk festivals, and I yep. found that the yeah you still needed CDs. So like. Yeah. Yeah, it's so amazing, obviously, but it's, oh, yeah. they're not gone. Yeah, I don't people think they're gone. I'd hate for them to be gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are also buying vinyl again. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's, people like a tangible thing in yeah. their hands. Yeah, and I think that the amount of effort that I and the people I like work with to do my artwork, mm. I think that it deserves a bigger, you know, platform than just a tiny little square on the iPhone or whatever. You know, the actual yeah, your actual artwork. Know. Yeah, you know, so know. true. Yeah, but, yeah, my husband's is like, have you worked out how many – so I should preface this. My husband's a financial planner, right? Like, <laughs> that we, could be really handy. <laughs> oh, or really annoying. We could not be from more different worlds, honestly. Um, so, yeah, it's like how many CDs do you have to sell to be able to make your money back? I'm just like, oh, I am not thinking about this. I'm yeah. thinking about creating my music and giving it to the world. That I is know, it. I know. No? I remember thinking about, and I remember like me with my like pea-sized math brain. Yeah. Back yeah, when I did my first EP and sort of trying to do the maths, and in the end, I'm like, I can't do the bloody maths. I'm just gonna do it. Like, yeah. Uh, and you know, probably to be honest, years later, having a few boxes of CDs still, you know, stashed under a bed somewhere. Yeah, I, think it, I think it's the same for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a box of CDs somewhere. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my
So I guess that, that this topic is sort of leading into um, something that I love to talk to mums about. And I, mm-hmm. it sounds nasty when I say I love to talk to you about your mum guilt, but I find <laughs> it such a fascinating topic. Oh, it's yeah. like we put ourselves aside, like literally what we've just been talking about. Like yeah. I feel like we have to justify ourselves because, you know, that money could be paid for the school fees or could be yeah. for the groceries. You know, how, yeah. how do you sort of a- mm-hmm. approach that mum guilt thing? Oh, first of all, for for years I really resisted the term and even when I heard it, I'd be like, well, I don't have mum guilt. Good on me. Um, I, I don't believe in it. It's bullshit and I don't have it. And then in the last few years, like, of course I have, I experience guilt as a human being and part of that is around my mothering. So, yes, technically I experience mother guilt. Um, I experience it often around time. So even though my kids are a lot older, my daughter in particular, she really misses me when I do things. Yeah. And in many ways that's very sweet and in other ways it's really hard. Yeah. So um, I can be like, you know, spending a fair amount of time and energy on my art, which I think is really fair because I also give a lot of energy to other people. Mm-hmm. And she'll actually like, you know, if I'm, I don't know, maybe I was at the studio all day and all night and didn't get home late. And I try my best to like, you know, communicate that in advance. Yeah. But maybe there's once or twice where like, because they're not home, like, you know, dad's home. So it's not like yeah. they're home alone. Yeah. But they can be real, like, she could be really upset with me that the next day was like, I didn't know, I didn't know you would be out too late. And well, and I, <laughs> I feel really bad around that stuff. So I'm trying to get, mm-hmm. trying to get better at like, not changing what I do, because I think it's really reasonable that I'm sometimes busy doing stuff. Yeah. But almost I think I could yeah, so I, I can experience guilt around that kind of like the time away that it can be. Mm-hmm. Um and like I said before, I don't even know if it's guilt, but it's maybe like the justification around like the financial side of things. Like I think the reality mm-hmm. is like we sort of we we grew up in a world where the idea of being a musician, say twenty 25 years ago was like well you just get good and then you meet the right people and then you get signed to a contract and they'll give you lots of money and you'll make records and actually realizing (laughs) that that happens to such a small percentage of musicians including musicians who we would consider to be quite big and successful like Mm. they're still doing it in a very different way I have friends Mm. who I would consider like on paper to be much more successful than I am as musicians and they're still working other jobs or, you know, looking for funding for certain things, you know. So mm, yeah. it's it's a very – most of us are not doing it that way. And the reality that I'm sort of facing at the moment really with this album that I'm making is that it's costing quite a bit to make. So not only am I not making money, at the moment I'm actually spending money to make my own art. That's not mm-hmm. a job. It's not like it, – when you think about what a job, you go to work mm-hmm. and you get paid – I'm going, I'm, I'm doing a lot of work um, and I'm also forking out money. So, so yeah. the whole kind of what am I actually doing and why am I doing it can kind of creep in sometimes because mm-hmm. it's not, a, if, if, you know, I call it work. I call it like, you know, I'm an artist and I'm working and I'm, this is my project. But if I'm really honest right now, it's sort of not work. It's, it's not bringing in, it's not bringing home the bacon. So I think the guilt can then arise when, because we live in a capitalist society, 
where we value money. Mm -hmm. So I find it much easier, even now, even after all these years, it's much easier for me emotionally to ask, for instance, for someone to babysit my kids because I'm teaching. Because teaching brings home money. Yeah. And so there's like, this is the most important thing in the world that we all need to do. We all need to make money because that's the society we live in. Mm. And I need to go and make that money. So I feel quite justified, there's that word again, mm. in getting help with the kids because we've got to make that money. Yeah. But then I really can struggle with the same kind of asking for help or reprioritizing things to say like make this record because it's mm. not bringing in the money. And I think that comes down to yeah like we live in a society that still doesn't value things that mm -hmm. aren't paying so i'm yeah. trying to really really kind of remind myself that this is an important expression of who i am and that's why i have to give it time and maybe mm -hmm. that's why i even have to give it you know money mm. um because yeah, it's, I don't know, I hate talking about money. It makes everyone feel really uncomfortable. But I think it's also really important. It's a mm. huge part of, It's a, it can be a very big barrier to making art. Mm. Um, and, yeah, when you have a family, it can be a barrier that you put on yourself because it just doesn't feel kind of right. But I'm really sort of trying to lean into the the feeling that I have that it, for, for me at the moment it is right and it is okay. Um, but yeah, so I think it's really interesting. I think, um, yeah, how, what we value in the society still often comes down to like how much money you make from it. Oh, and, yeah. and, but when I just think of all the great artists, you know, like, I mean, it's such that it's such a cliched example, but Van Gogh, you know, yep. didn't make any money and we all now know that he was mm. the most brilliant artist. So just trying to like, um, remember that this art is important and to try and not feel that guilt, whether it's the financial guilt or the time away guilt, which is a big one that I tend to feel. Mm. Um, or the other, the other guilt that I can sometimes feel is when I'm, and I'm sure a lot of parents might relate to this is when I really go for it, like I'm diving into an, a really creative space, whether it's just like, oh, my God, like these songs are just churning within me or like I've booked out a few days in the studio. I'm just going for it. I'm mm -hmm. the, the first thing to kind of fall apart is just all the shit at home, like dishes, washing. Yep eating healthy food yep. um, and again I think that's a very unsexy thing to talk about like it's pretty boring and unglamorous but part of our mm. job as parents I guess is to kind of keep on top of some of that stuff and I'm very very aware that I have a partner who does more than 50% of that stuff so I really can't complain especially you know I, sp I speak to a lot of females with male partners and and find out that even though it's 2022 they still <laughs> seem, seem to take on um, a huge percentage of that and I know mm. that I actually don't so I'm very very fortunate um, however yeah I can still feel like when I'm really kind of diving into some artistic spaces mentally or emotionally the house just turns to absolute shit and mm. and that can actually bring up a bit of guilt for me too like well we're eating takeaway again because I don't have time to cook because I've written five songs 
Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's just another aspect of mum guilt that I definitely feel and I try to be okay with. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it just exists yeah. and we just have to, like, kind of know that it exists and acknowledge it. Like, mm. I am feeling guilty right now. Why? Is that reasonable? Am I being too hard on myself? Actually, it's it's really fine that I've done those things and it's fine. And then, you know, the, the other thing we've got to remember is occasionally guilt is healthy and it is telling us something. Yeah. Maybe I'm feeling mum guilt because I actually haven't spoken to my kids for days and I need to fix that, you know. Mm. So, like, so actually, like, my, yeah, I just try to be aware of how I feel and then kind of sit with it and then work through whether it's, like, you know, a feeling that I need to kind of listen to or a feeling that I can sort of go, nah, that's just like your kind of inner critic getting pretty yeah. loud in your head, yeah. shut it down. Yeah. But occasionally your inner critic has a one or two important things to say as well. So, <laughs> yeah, just knowing yeah. that guilt is unhealthy and when it might actually be just telling you something that you better like, come on, you know, yeah. you know that is the fourth time this week they've eaten junk. So maybe it's really important tomorrow to prioritise some vegetables you know what I mean like yeah absolutely I think yeah I think you're right I think um guilt can definitely serve a purpose it's definitely got a place yeah but then when it turns into this and and I whenever I say mum guilt I do the air quotes because I feel like it's just the term has been constructed by I don't know social media hashtag you know it's this thing it's this this and 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 that's why I hate saying it but I, I feel like it's when I say, do you feel guilty? That, that sounds really creepy, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really, I, I think I would love to live in a world where the term mum guilt is just not a thing and if we're going to have anything, it's parent guilt. And yeah, I yeah. don't even think parent guilt should be a thing, but at yeah. least that crosses genders and roles, you know. Like mm. why, for instance, because I'm a woman, should I feel really bad about, you know, the dishes piling up and mm. uh, yep you know, an unhealthy dinner if, like, you know, a male parent really doesn't. Now, I'm not saying they don't and I'm not saying it's yeah. that simple, but, yeah, like, what is it about, like, why have we been conditioned to kind of carry that burden or that guilt? Mm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, if we <laughs> if we have to feel guilty, can we all please feel guilty together? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love I, that. I don't think it's just on the women. I yeah, guess, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? Um, over well, last year, I did a couple of um, Father's Day episodes, special ones mm-hmm. where I ch- I chatted to dads about it, ah, and it's it yeah, it's a different kind of guilt. Um, yeah. but yeah, they certainly feel it, but just. I think they're not expected to feel it. I think that's the difference. It's yeah, like we're the ones who are supposed to wear it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And even like I, I'm, I'm, like I said before, like we've sort of really set our lives up in a way, you know, in our family where I guess we don't necessarily play those traditional gender roles. Like um, mm. at the moment I work more than my husband, like an extra day. He does all the washing because I'm really bad at it. Um <laughs> I don't know, he's actually much better at, like, remembering the admin sort of stuff around, you know, oh, that notice needs to be handed in and we've got to pay that. You know, I'm pretty bad at all mm. of that. So even though I live in a relationship that has really kind of, we've really intentionally tried to not just play those 
roles that can mm. befall on you because you are male or female or whatever. Yeah. Even within that, yeah, I think I experience more of the emotional kind of guilt. Um, maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll ask him and find out that he's <laughs> But I feel there like maybe, yeah, maybe. So even if within your kind of nucleus family, you've got something really going on that's pretty kind of countercultural or whatever, we still in a society that um, puts mm. pressure on women and mothers to do it all and be it all. Yeah. And so. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, if I'm not feeling guilty about the parenting and I'm really focusing on the parenting and, you know, doing great there, then I sort of start to feel a bit guilty about, oh, I'm not really doing any art or singing. So, like, it's. Yeah. That, you can't you win, can you? Do it all. <laughs> that can break oh. us a little sometimes. That That's just a load of crap. Whoever said that. Whoever's the first person that said that should just because <laughs> it. Can, I mean, you can, you can. I heard someone say you can do it all, but you can't do it all at the same time. You know, like you, yeah. you, you go through phases in your life where you know your children are young, so you're focusing on your children. Then they grow up, you do your art. Like you can't, you can't do it all. You, you physically cannot do it all, and also mentally and in your heart, you can't do it all because you're torn all over the place, you know. Totally. I I also think I I think just the way my brain works is I'm I'm not very good at multitasking. So I think those people like I'm really good at like diving in deep. So if I'm songwriting Mm -hmm. today, I'm probably just songwriting. Um and if I'm just like all in with like, hey, it's my day off and I'm gonna clean the house and I'm gonna cook a really nice dinner and I'm gonna pick my daughter up from school and we're gonna go out for a milkshake, then I'm gonna do that really, really well too. Yeah. But I'm yeah. not very good at trying to do both of those things at once. Um yeah, I've always said, yeah, you can do it all if you want to do it all pretty badly. Yeah, that's yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah. 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 You spread yourself so thin that nothing gets done I don't want to say well, but to the way that you probably want it to be done. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a tricky one. Yeah. It's a nice myth. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's an urban myth. So So going back to your your music and your identity, how you, how you see yourself as a mother and a and a musician and an artist, yeah. is it really important to you that your children see? And I don't want to say I'm putting in air quotes again that you're just a mum because you're never just a mum, no. but that you are contributing to the world. Your your voice is being heard. What you're saying is of value. Is that something that is important to you? Yeah, I think it's extremely important to me. Um, both of my children in very different ways are obviously showing to me that they're very creative people. Mm-hmm. And so I, we really want to nurture that in them. Like my, my son is an amazing writer, like really incredible writer. Yeah. My daughter is a natural dancer. And actually, funnily enough, I think she's also a really good singer. But yeah. I, have to, I have to like listen out when she doesn't know I'm hearing her. I think <laughs> because I'm a singer, yeah. there's some stuff there that, 
we'll probably have to unpack it one day because um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, she's a really great singer. When she was really little, I'd hear her in her room listening to music but harmonising. Like, oh, wow. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but she's pretty re- – she's done it a bit in the past, but in the last few years, like if I'm like, hey, do you want to sing this? She's actually pretty reluctant and that's fine. Like I'm so not going to push that. But I think she yeah. does have some natural talent there. Anyway, they're both really creative and I think that's so beautiful and so uh, I would hate to be kind of creating an environment where they don't see that that's a really normal thing that you would want to foster. Their dad too, he's very creative. He he like he wouldn't call himself a professional musician but he loves music and he plays in the yep. past. He, he hasn't done it for a while but he used to do like a lot some street art. He's always mm-hmm. building things, you know. I'll say something like, oh, we need a box to plant some daffodils in and literally the next day... He's just found some wood and made a box. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, he's a, very, he's a good visual artist. So mm-hmm. they're growing up, I hope, seeing that art is something that nourishes you. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I hope, I, I hope I'm not, I hope I'm modeling to them that I really love music. I guess the one worry I have is that they might see all the stress behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they, yeah, so I know it's really important to me that they know that creativity in whatever way or shape, you know, like it doesn't have to be music, but yeah. creativity is something to be that we should honour and nurture and spend time on um, and that doesn't have to make you money and if you make your living, you know, if my son grows up one day to be a writer, my daughter grows up one day to be a dancer, wow, how amazing. But that's not even what I mean. It's It's about expression and mm-hmm. about you know, how happy they are actually when they do those things. And actually, I think when they see me, when you strip away all the like, I'm trying to be an independent music in the world and I'm applying for funding and I'm very, very straight. Like, the, But when they actually see me like sit at the piano and just mm-hmm. play and just sing, they're seeing me really at, in my most pure kind of happy state and mm. they see that all the time. Yeah. So I, so I think I'm, I'm hope that I'm modelling to them that, in whatever way it looks like for you and it can change as you change that creativity mm-hmm. is just a really important thing to nurture within yourself because i think mm-hmm. everyone is creative actually mm. everyone yeah i agree with that. but not all <laughs> of them have been taught that that's okay or it's worth fostering or looking after mm. yeah and i think and maybe this is i think based on my experience with some people I've met along the way that a lot of angry people I know are people who are not allowing themselves to be very creative and mm, so it just sits stifles. in their body somewhere and, yeah. and they just sort of hate everyone mm. um, and I, I really think that if you are if you allow yourself to you know yeah be creative however that is I think you just yeah, like it's a bit cliche, but you're sort of tending to your soul a little bit and then I think you just live in the world in a more well-rounded, happier way. Yeah. So yeah, you I hope put I'm that so well. Oh, thank you. I love that. It's very yeah, important. It's, so it's very important to us actually as a family that we yeah. we do it and therefore mm-hmm. hopefully they just naturally do it too. Yeah, that's it. Like like yourself growing up in your family, you saw that that is just part mm. of a normal everyday existence this is yeah. not something that's out of the ordinary you maybe didn't realize that till later but yeah. you know this yeah. is 
a perfectly acceptable way to live your life. Like you don't totally. have to be totally. afraid of this. Yeah. yeah, and there have been times, you know, when like the kids were little and where I, I wasn't spending heaps of time on music, but I actually was always being creative. So when I wasn't making music, I was I was writing zines. And when I wasn't writing yeah. zines, I was like, <laughs> I bought a sewing machine and I was trying to sew things. I wasn't very good, but like I was sewing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Crochet, like gardening now for me is a big one. Like, mm-hmm. so it's also like music is the thing that I come back to because I think, uh, I don't know, it's like it's in my DNA, it's who I am and it's how I express myself in the world. But mm-hmm. also just there are so, yeah, showing them that there's just so many ways to be creative. Um, yeah. They can be small. They don't have to be big. Yeah, that's it. And they don't have to be for anybody else and they no. don't have to be have a monetary value placed on them either. They can be something, no. it's something for yourself, you know. Totally. So important. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. No, I love that. Can you share with us what you might have coming up? You mentioned about your album that you're working on. Yeah. Um, have you got, and also have you got, uh, I mean, I guess shows are starting up again in the world. Have you got yeah. anything you want to share that you've got coming up? Sure. So, the, yeah, so the big, big one for me at the moment is the album that I've been <laughs> making and um, it's been a really long labour of love. Like I always knew it would take time but then right in the middle of it we had a two-year pandemic um, <sighs> which has had so many impacts. A, it has impacts on time because you can't like get to the studio and then the other thing, like we've talking, we've talked about money a little bit today but one of the things I do as a singer is, you know, when I do that backing vocals gig or I go on tour with that person on BVs or I do that session work, that all generally gets generated back into the art that I make. Mm-hmm. So I lost all of that work. So then it so so it's not just the time factor has slowed the record down, but it's actually the 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 income coming in to generate back into it slowed down as well. So yeah. COVID has really impacted it in a really huge way. However, we're really close to finish. Like we've finished recording the music. We're now mixing it and mastering it. Yeah. The hope was to release it at the start of this year. And now it's like we're going to release it towards the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And again, like you can have a plan. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually feeling really good about that now. I, I Like you know how we said right at the start, like you've got time. You don't need to rush. Yeah. And I, I had a bit of an opportunity last year where I, I did something on TV and so I was like, right, I've got to release it now because I've got to ride that wave and I'm going to catch it, you know, like, blah. Yeah, yeah. it just didn't work out. And I was like, oh, I'm really disheartened by that. But in hindsight, it would have been rushed and it actually wouldn't have been very good. And, and now I feel really good about sort of almost mapping out, you know, I don't know, like a six-month plan and, mm-hmm. doing, you know, sharing the music my music with the world really well and properly so I don't have any gigs booked at the moment because I'm super focused on the album and Mm -hmm. what 
like, you know, as much as I hate to say it, social media plays a really big role in building my audience. So like if anyone listening to this wants to follow me on the socials, that would really be amazing or even sign up to my mailing list. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely put all the links. I'll put yeah. all the links in for people. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That would be really great, you know. Yeah. Um, that is sort of these days, I guess, how we reach to a certain extent at least our audience. And, of mm. course, I would like to be gigging again, but I'm also really pacing myself. I want to do things well. Yeah. Um, I don't want to just be throwing things together and quickly hopping back on stage. So we, yeah, we will definitely be playing some shows when the album comes out or there's a single release or whatever. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, choosing to take my time, choosing to remember, yeah, that I've got time. Yeah. That's all. I think, I think we can all take something from that, that it's, you know, we, we have got time. We don't have to rush. It's not a race and we can do things at our own pace. totally and obviously the flip side to that is like sometimes you need to give yourself a deadline otherwise maybe i'll just be doing this for the next 10 years so (laughs) like like i know the deadline for me is by the end of this year Mm -hmm. but what that looks like i still don't know yeah Um, yeah 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 good on you yeah so that's the main thing and uh yeah maybe yeah if people find me on social media then yeah if a gig pops up and sometimes i'm doing gigs for other people you know like Mm -hmm. i might be a backing vocalist for someone and I can share that as well that yeah but at the moment I'm actually yeah just tucked away doing all the behind the scenes work yeah all the really hard work <laughs> yeah oh my god I know right <laughs> jumping on stage ready. at the end's the easy bit, the easy bit. Uh, yeah put me in front of like a thousand people or two thousand people and tell me to sing no problem yeah. put me in a room put me in a room with like two people where I'm like asking for funding and I'll be yeah. vomiting days beforehand you know like, yeah that's oh. it isn't it oh dear I know anyway. yeah and and that's the thing too like unless you're in that musician world or even the artist world all you see is that end result all you see is that end product so you don't understand all the stuff that goes in behind the scenes oh to make that goodness. product you know it's yeah. so true and like you know I think it's I think I read it somewhere but we're often comparing our kind of like we know what we're doing behind the scenes. So we know how hard it is and how messy it is and how not not ready it is yet. We compare mm. that to like what everyone else's end product that they're showing online is. And the thing yep. is we're going to do that too. Like eventually when I release this album, it's probably going to look quite nice and shiny and like, hey, yay, look. But like, yeah, we're yeah. Kind of comparing the journey, you know, to the destination of others and that's yeah. probably not a very smart thing to do either. Probably not very helpful. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> oh dear your um your album journey sounds like mine mine is just taking mm-hmm. forever and I don't care yeah. because I hate oh, setting I hate yeah. setting deadlines because I hate that pressure because I you know, know life happens and you have children and you know you can't just go bye I have to do this yeah. while my 14 year old's having a breakdown like totally just life and it's yeah. so good because I'm working with these producers who are overseas and they just, um, only because we have nothing here in Mount Gambia, we don't have access <laughs> to any sort of recording studios or anything. And I, again, I'm not going to take time off to go to Adelaide. I know, this is the world now, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and sorry, I'm just going to blab for a sec. Um, no. But yeah, they're in Spain and Argentina. So I basically send them a video of what I want. I, I, I bang out the, the chords on my old Casio and say, this is the idea I've got. Then they send back their idea made on computer instruments. And yeah. always I say, yes, that's amazing because it always is. And <laughs> yeah. so then they 
they organize the musicians to play it properly then they send it back and I do my vocals and then they mix it so they're doing everything apart from mastering it so it's just like and I can just sit here in my little room in the middle of nowhere and this album and I'm it's so wonderful I, I I think and you know there's so much stuff around technology that can bother me and just go Ugh. and then I hear a story like that and I'm so excited I'm like that's now a possibility you're working with producers yeah. in Spain what you know yeah. and, 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 and me years ago to know that this was coming that this was possible I would never have believed it you know I always had this idea that I live in this little town I didn't I've never wanted to leave my little town because I love it you yeah. know I was born here I've got my kids here even Adelaide, it's only five hours away or Melbourne, five hours away, but it's a different world. So I've never wanted to pick up and go, right, I'm going to go there and make my career. It's like, no, I want to do it in my, in my own terms, in my own way. And it's like, finally, the time has come where I can do it. You know, I've waited that long. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Like Uh, bloom where you are planted, you know, and if you want to, you know, other people might have a completely different, you know, they do want to move and they want to and that's great, but that's I agree. Great. Like you know, you don't have to. You don't have to. That's the cool thing about being an artist. You can forge your own way. There's actually mm. no real. Like we think there's a way you've got to do it, but then when yeah. you start to talk to people, everyone's winging it. Yeah, so, that's it, you know, isn't it? So yeah. For some people, it's moving overseas. For other people, it's so not that. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, yep. I think that's really exciting. Well, I can't wait to hear it. That's amazing. <laughs> you'll, um, be, you'll be waiting a bit longer. <laughs> oh, no, don't worry. I know. These things take time. Oh, God. be okay with that, I think. Yeah, and that's the thing too. If, you, if you're the sort of person that can be settled and go, okay, when it's ready, that's fine. You can, you can do this. But if you're the sort of person that's like, right, I have to do this, I have to get it done, you could not yeah. do this. You, you'd be no. off to wherever to record. But, you know, that's the yeah. great thing too. We're all so different and... That's what makes the world go round. <laughs> sure is. Yeah. Ah, uh, dear. We're all doing the same thing. Yeah. today Mez it's just been such a joy chatting with you I've really loved it oh thank you so much you're so lovely to talk to I <laughs> love talking about music and I love talking about my kids so it's a pretty it's a pretty nice thing to do to sit down and have a chat with you yeah no thanks it's been great I've yeah. loved it always good always good to get a bit of Beatles chat in there somewhere <laughs> oh, anytime anytime oh, I'll tell you my Paul McCartney story another time oh okay all right to be continued to be continued yeah thanks for your company today if you've enjoyed this episode i'd love you to consider leaving us a review following or subscribing to the podcast or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast please get in touch with us by the link in the show notes i'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum